0: Hey guys, it's Jason Balen from the HMB and REI 360 show with another great expert interview ahead. Today I welcome Ian Horowitz from d Development located in Baltimore, Maryland. We talk about Ian's transition from being a firefighter into a full-time real estate investor and some of the details related to his first rental property that, that he purchased. We're gonna talk about growth, we're gonna be talking about finding and managing properties, and lastly we're gonna be talking about some challenges he's had along the way check it out right now as I interview Ian. What's up Ian? Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, how you doing Jason?
0: Not bad, not bad. So the reason I wanted to bring Ian on the show today is because he has a very impressive business. Uh, he's focused in Baltimore, Maryland um, and the surrounding areas around Baltimore. And not only is he an active flipper, but he also has a very impressive rental portfolio and he also does quite a bit of wholesales that he's going to share with you in a second. So. In a real estate market, especially today, there are so many shiny objects out there. and and Investors seem to bounce around from rentals, to flip, to wholesales, and they don't have a clear path or a goal of where they want to go. So hopefully some of the things we're going to discuss today will help uh, change some of our newer investors so they do have a clear path and goals to succeed. Now obviously I appreciate the hustle and the to-do approach that a lot of investors take. but. You know, cause obviously that's a lot better than just saying, hey, I'm gonna buy a property today or I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this and never take action. So the to-do approach is obviously better, but if you're not properly educating yourself and you know what you're getting yourself into with some of these transactions, you can really get yourself into a lot of trouble. So listen, real estate's not going anywhere. We're in a really good market. We're gonna continue to be in a good market. So there's nothing wrong with buying a property here, a property there learning growing and then as you grow hopefully you will become a big boy like Ian and start acquiring a lot a lot of properties so he's going to share some of that stuff w- with you so first off Ian um can you just start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself and how you got into real estate
1: sure so um, my name's Ian with DNI development and uh in Oddly enough, we have a um, a pretty interesting story. We moved here in two thousand eight, uh, both me and my partner, to become firemen full time for the city of Baltimore. Um, everybody knows two thousand eight was kind of the end of the market, um, you know. So we took a government job where we have good pension, good benefits, good work schedule, and um, you know that all started to disappear. You know, your pensions on the line, your benefits are on the line, everything you go to a government job for. Um, is going out the window so you know I knew how to work with my hands I went out did that for a while was landscaping busting my butt and I said there's got to be a better way there's got to be a better way when I'm at work overnight putting out fires to earn money Um, the only thing I could think to do was buy rental properties right somebody's in your property 24 7 paying going to work to pay to live there and around the clock they're paying you Um, So in 2012, I bought my uh, first rental property um, over in the 4x4 section of Baltimore. Um, I put a subsidy tenant in there. I got a little bit above market rent. um, And from there, I was hooked. From there, we've we've scaled our business uh, to where we are today of about 35 rental properties. We have about 15 properties under construction at any given time. Um, and it's been a, a awesome experience
0: so so the first, let's talk about this first deal that that you did because that's always really interesting, especially for maybe newer real estate investors or somebody who wants to get into real estate they just they 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 always love to hear the first story the first story and our our first deal that we did was a wholesale deal that we're pretty fortunate to make decent money on and looking back it was probably luck, but you know, kept us motivated to get to the next deal. So this first property, um this rental property, did you buy it in cash? Did you get did you get did you finance it?
1: So my first rental property, um I went out, I had I literally had no clue of how I was going to refinance it when I was done. I went out and got hard money. Um I think you would like this. I got sixteen and six and I didn't know what I was doing. Um (laughs) But I took it. All I knew is I was committed to doing this. Um, we used, you know, part of our own cash to get the deal done, um, and I honestly had no clue what I was doing. But I put, you know, it was a, it was more of a need. I had to get it done, so I got the property completed. I got it renovated. I got a tenant in there. I had somebody helping me um, that knew the business pretty well, um, but I was kind of out there on my own. Um, so I completed that, and luckily, when I came out of that. Everything was aligned right. I ran into a mortgage broker that was able to refinance me out, um, and that first property was in the winter of 2012. And I think by the spring of 2013, I was buying my second one. By the fall of 2013, I bought three, four, five, and six. You know, when you when you come home and six hundred dollars a extra a month is huge. You know, that's the same as working two overtime shifts. It was it was huge to me. So producing that cash flow, it went um, it went a really long way
0: was was your original setup and goals obviously changed i mean i feel like a lot of the goals we set changed on a weekly monthly basis but <laughs> your goal back then was it to replace your income completely to get a few extra 100 dollars in your pocket long term wealth where i was where you were like hey you know i want to buy this thing i'm not going to take the money out of it i'm going to keep pressing it and you know have a good asset in the future um, or you weren't sure maybe
1: I, I would say i'm more not sure i think my initial was you know the wife, I was hitting that age where the wife was starting to think about kids and marriage, and she was my girlfriend at the time, right? So all that stuff was starting to mount up, and I'm looking at my paycheck saying, oh my God, like I love what I do, but we don't get compensated like as good maybe as we think we should be. Um, but it was also, you know, if I want, if we want to have kids, I want her to be able to be home and I want to be able to make sure my wife and we can supplement. So it started out as a supplement. I never really thought about long term wealth and everything else and, you know, offsetting my pay. I just knew that. I had to make extra money so she could stay home every day. That's where we started. And from there, it's 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 grown immensely. And yes, our goals change every day, every week, every month. We have a, a main common goal, um, but we're it's not that they change. I think we're always realigning what we're doing to get to that common goal and making the smaller goals and changing them.
0: Was there one big headache that you remember, or one big challenge that you had with that specific first property that somebody, by learning whatever your challenge was, could uh, prevent somebody from running into that same challenge?
1: Uh, I would say the biggest challenge is, and I already am not the best at this, is time management. Oh, yeah, yeah, it'll be done in a week. Uh, you know, being in construction and then being the leader of the construction project are a little two, two different things. Um, so my time goals weren't necessary there. You know, so if you expect something to take two weeks, it's probably going to take four weeks. Um, and then other than that, I, th- I would say the other common uh, mistake is and this is just maybe from what we've grown to is know if you're taking hard money, how you're going to refinance and get out of that property. That was the only other um, major issue that we were, we were looking at or I was looking at at that time is how was I going to get this loan paid off? And I didn't know, I just knew it would work out. So
0: yeah, no, I agree. And we see challenges with a lot of people that have that right now. I mean, when you buy a property, don't get me wrong in hindsight, it works itself out, right? And you look back and you're like, yeah, it is, pretty, it is pretty easy. But when you're like stuck in the spur of the moment, so you have finding the property, number one, which is tough, right? Finding a property is hard in general. We're all out there to find properties. You gotta find the property. You typically gotta either pay for it in cash or put up, get find hard money. So challenge there, you gotta refinance the property because most hard money lenders won't <laughs> allow you to hold it for a long period of time. So you have that, you have the construction side of things. You got the placing of the tenant. So. You know, it's like, hey, I'm just going to go buy a rental property. And don't get me wrong, it's it's easy, but it's hard at the same time. So, And those are all things and all challenges that you probably came through. And, you know, you, you overcame those six or eight things, those obstacles. And now, you know, it's a little bit more of a rinse and repeat.
1: Yes, absolutely. And it's so um, you got to remember, it's. Uh, and I think you and Chris touch on it a lot, is it's not so much. For me, it's not the construction, right? It's not the doing. It's not the project. It's all the stuff before and it's all the stuff after that you gotta worry about. You know, it's like you said, finding the property, finding the money, and then on the backside, how are you gonna refinance it, how are you gonna stabilize it, and how are you gonna hold it long term. Sure. So it's uh, it's funny, as you grow bigger, you realize these small things, you're, you're so hung up on construction, but really it's everything else that you need to worry about that helps you to continue to grow.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, I, I agree. And I, and I think you can stumble through uh, one project here, one project there. And I, I do believe that anyone can hold a rental property or a few rental properties. But I, you know, the next step, which we're going to cover a little bit, is what do you do when you get to the higher level? You know, you're right. not dealing with, <laughs> you know, the the little nitty gritty stuff. You're not sweating the small stuff. You're worrying about bigger, bigger type picture stuff. Um, so tell us a little bit about your current operation. What okay. do you guys focus on? Um, maybe talk about some deal. You know, where you're getting deals from, things like that.
1: Sure. So. Currently, um, myself and Dan, uh, we're in a partnership and we, you know, we have a, so right now currently we're doing a lot of fix and flip, Uh, the market's changing a little bit, um, so we're having a little more common goal towards rentals just because we're seeing a little, I don't want to say a slip in the market, I don't want to be a forecaster, Um, we're noticing stuff staying on a little bit longer, competition's getting a little hotter and heavier because the market's better, a lot more inventory. So. We're moving more towards rentals um, in better areas as in, you know, the county where we're seeing a little bit better equity plays. Uh, Initially, at the beginning of the year, we set out to do three fix and flips per month um, and then just do smaller on the holding of assets. We've actually flipped that around. We're actually doing maybe one flip or two flips a quarter. Um, and we're looking to hold a lot more rentals over this next year from what we started this year and what we're looking to do, obviously we're coming up on 2017 to start setting goals for next year. It'll be a bigger push towards a, a rental portfolio. So,
0: yeah, I mean, we see something very similar as well. And I mean, a lot of it is, you know, it's hard to find good inventory that has the margins and I'm curious on your input on this, but a lot of these deals I look at and you know, when you're buying rentals, you think about cash flow, you think about built in equity, you think about a lot of things. But when you're you know, buying a flip, you know, you either got to buy it at 65 to 70 cents on the dollar or you don't buy it because right. if, if you're not, I think the magic number I once came up with in the Baltimore price point is if you're paying more than 72 or 73 cents on the dollar, minus construction costs, you won't make a dollar. Yeah,
1: you should be able to. (laughs) I hope you can keep your construction really low because we we go back and look, and I just ran into a guy yesterday at the um, auctions. Is you know he's sitting there complaining about prices are going up. You know contractors have got a lot more work. You know there's not that need. Prices are going up. Guys can go find work elsewhere. Um, You know things are expensive. It's it's expensive to operate that side of the business. So
0: what's your thoughts on buying a rental property when? Let's just say it's arguably towards the top of the market, right? Like what's your thoughts about buying a rental property towards the top and not at at the bottom? I mean, obviously you don't have that conversation with a flip, but rentals are a little bit different because there's a lot of different strategies related to it.
1: So for the rentals, we, we uh, um, we concentrate more on what the rate of return is based on what our in price is. So the mar- market might be high, but we're able to still find deals on MLS, direct marketing, other uh, wholesalers out there. I think yeah, uh, Terry Royce on. We buy quite a bit of stuff from him. Um, and we're still able to find the deals. For us, it's the rate of return. Um, whether the market's high or low, hopefully if the market's high, rents are increasing with it, um, that you can still find that rate of return that you're looking for. Our business model, we try to target 18%, um, you know, a little bit lower if we're getting a little more equity, just because we have a few different investors that we're able to push our rental uh, properties to, that we uh, are aligned with. So it all depends on that. Um, But for us, 18 to 20 is great. Um, You know, we'll touch 16, but we should have a lot of equity with that. Um, So, yeah, and back to, you know, the question is, whether you're at the top or the bottom, when you're buying a rental property, you want to make sure that you're buying something that's going to provide you the cash flow you need to operate it. Because in the end, when the market goes down, hopefully you can still um, have it rented out for a good number and um, be able to pay your bills and cash flow the property as well. So
0: yeah, and I mean we've been we've thought about that because I mean we we have similar rental portfolio as you guys, and sometimes I get concerned about well it's towards the top of the market, should I be buying a rental here and you know, maybe I have a little bit less equity in the deal, but the cash flow is still great and it's a good asset. Um, And you know, it's a long-term approach. And I think a lot of it comes back to, and a a lot of newer investors may not realize this, but I think this is important. Um, Cash is still king and having liquidity is important because what we've seen is we may not be able to get all of our money back out of that deal when we have long-term debt on it. So we may have more personal or business cash tied up in those transactions, but again, you know, if you if you put a value to your own money um, as well, it doesn't matter if it's the bank's money, or private lender's money, or your own money, as long as you're, you're taking that into consideration. Yeah, like, I don't want to have $20,000 of my own money into a deal because the bank's only going to give me the rest. But at the same time, if it still has a good cash flow, it's still a good asset, you know, so be it. You know, you kind of mentally say, you know what, you do have $20,000 into, into this deal, and it's a lot of money, but that $20,000, keep in mind, is still performing for you. In a positive way,
1: well, and that's uh, that's actually something that you know. Obviously, we've spent some time at your office and have had some good discussions through the mastermind and different things. Is that you know we really like your idea of you know, hey, you got cash tied up, create yourself a second and pay yourself on your money because your money should be working somewhere, shape or form. So um, sometimes for us and you know, not to get too off subject, is we'll either create a second for ourselves for the cash that is stuck in the property, or we'll pay ourselves a management fee. Which which whichever which either one works for us to continue to build um, that, you know, account for ourselves to grow our business and reinvest into our company to make sure we're recapitalizing um, our money because it's very easy just to say, oh, I got money coming in and, you know, I was there at one point. Oh, yeah, money's coming in hand over fist and, you know, doing what you're doing where you really got to look at it um, in, a, in a whole portfolio base and, you know, look at it long term for the whole thing. So, actually, it's a a pretty interesting uh, point that you guys pointed out to us and we've actually adopted that policy. So it's been pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the other thing with the market, you know, where the market is, is we've, we've learned, and I'm assuming you've learned as well, like, you know what, maybe if you're not on straight offense of buy, 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 it's okay to be, you know, picky and conservative and, and do less deals. And when you have an investment vehicle, it's hard to, you know, with, um, it, the benefit of some of these rentals is they do spit out money. So even, you know, you're still getting income coming in, even if you're not doing deals, which is good. You know, you stop flipping. I mean, flipping is short, you know, short-term capital gains, ordinary income, it's short-term money. And as soon as you stop flipping, you stop doing deals. And I think a lot of people make bad decisions by trying to do more and more deals. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But with rentals, you know, if it's got good stable cash that comes in, you don't really have, you know, you're still making that income. You know, with rentals, we're not getting paid today, right? With flips, you do, um. (laughs) So I, uh, I I like the the idea of kind of acquiring more rentals, especially when the market's kind of where it's at right now.
1: Right. Yeah, because you know you get into flips, and you know you're you're on a flip, and you're like, here it is, and we're at the top of the market, and tomorrow everything changes. You know, we just went through a presidential election, you know, and going into the new year, everything could turn off, and you got you know a couple million dollars worth of inventory there. You got some really expensive rentals on your hand. So, hopefully, when you're buying your flips, it's something we always look at it when we do a flip. If we get stuck with it, it's an expensive rental. We'll still cash flow. It's still a good property. We built it out. You know, it's something that um, we're proud to own. Um, so, for us, it works out for us, but you know you just got to be very careful and don't put yourself in a position that you're stuck with a bunch of inventory on the market and yeah. um, you're hanging out there.
0: <laughs> you know, real estate's the one uh, the one asset that can turn into a liability overnight. Yep, just exactly. Just by not being smart. So, tell us a little bit about like what do you personally feel you're lacking in your operation? Like, what's the next step to ex- either expand your business or automate your business? I mean, again you know, I don't want to say like you have, you know, everyone's wants to go grow, 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 and has to do more deals. Like, I don't think that's what it's about, but like, you know, either are you looking at opportunities to, or systems to, to grow, 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 or to systematize things to take you out of the business a little bit more. Like if you had one thing that you said you're lacking a little bit that, you know, you want to kind of into the next year, 2017 step up, what would that be?
1: Right. So, well, the good news is the one thing I lack is that I like to go, 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 go. Luckily Dan's a little, my partner's a little more conservative um, and he likes to step back and systemize. So um, for us, we're actually still working out of our home offices. In January, we're moving into an office. Um, So I think our next goal is we're still doing all the accounting. And as you know, we've we've spoken a lot on this is uh, we've gotten everything into QuickBooks and for property management into Yardi um, and really looking at every dollar in and dollar out. So I think the next um, thing for us Is to hire somebody to run that part of the operation because you know in the end we're having rentals for long term. We're going to have tenants. We're going to have a need for a business, uh, quote unquote, property management business, right? Um, To manage the tenants, manage the money in the money out. Um, Luckily, this year we were able to hire a project manager um, who's been an absolute awesome hire. Um, And once we had that hire, we really that's when we started to realize there are people out there that can do the job function when you make the right, right hires. And really allow you to grow yourself. Um, so on that end, the construction end, right where we are is right where we want to be for now um, with construction um, and I think the next thing is to grow inside our business end uh, on the accounting and the sure. the system, the systems because once you have that system in place, it's just a matter of tweaking You know, a few hundred properties, there's no difference between 50 properties and a few hundred properties that can be all managed under that same umbrella with the same amount of people.
0: Yeah, and the good part about that hire is it's not industry specific. I mean, obviously, you know, accounting and bookkeeping and things like that, um, it's different you know, for owning real estate compared to lending or running a restaurant and things like that. But the principles are the key principles. And what we've learned is as we've expanded into different businesses and not just real estate, we can use that skill set that staff member to overlap. So if it's lending, buying properties, uh, some venture capital investments that we're involved in and some other, you know, software sales and some other stuff that we're involved in, they're, they're able to overlap. So let's say, you know, You know, you decide, hey, we have a good rental portfolio where we can't find deals anymore. We're going to expand into this business because it's not like you're going to quit business because,
1: you know,
0: right. So you're going to be in some sort of business. Obviously, most likely you're going to stick stick in this like we are. But at the same time, if you can't utilize that person enough in that particular position, you can overlap them into something else with that skill set. So it's a good it's a good hire.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we'll we'll see where that goes. Um, It's a big step for us to move into an office and take that next step to the next level. And I think once we're there, we'll be able to hone and drill down on our business every day. Right now, we're still on the street. Yet we do have a project manager, but I still think uh, we like going out to the projects. We like seeing them, feeling them, touching them. I think once we have the office, it'll be you know we'll concentrate more and more and more on the business, on the ins and outs. And everyone says the thousand dollar an hour position. That's what we'll start to take on, so.
0: Work from work, home from home.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we, we like that statement. We like that motto. So. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's, uh, you know, I mean, mentally, mentally like, you know, just being in the office and surrounded by staff members and people with a common goal to accomplish the same things, like, right. I don't know, there's just something about it that it's, you know, as soon as you walk in that front door, you're mentally on, right? Right. Or your, your other stuff is out, so. I'm excited yeah. for you guys when you guys move into that spot. I think that kind of is the next notch to take it to the next level. So, do you have, and and I don't know if you actually formally have these, or you in your head you might, but like look, fast forward five years or ten years, like what, what will Ian Horowitz be doing? Like what what's your goal, your goal or dream? Because I, I will tell you that, you know, when we Chris and I started working with a business coach years ago, we put our ten year goal out on paper. And that was a dream. It was like, I don't see how we're going to hit this. It was a 10-year goal, and we hit it in less than three years. Um, and this was a few years back. So after I saw that reality, I was like, you know what? I'm going to step up my next goal, my next 10-year goal. And, I mean, we haven't hit that next set of 10-year goals yet. But it was just like something outrageous just happened. So what are your five- or 10-year goals?
1: So for me, obviously, I just had my daughter, and I always say it. I tell my wife all the time, I got five years. I got to go. This is here it is because when she hits five and starts going to school, I want to be around for all the activities. So um, the five to ten year goal specifically is to be able to be a little more free, have the rental portfolio that provides the cash flow, um, and being able to do the flips that you know we want to do because we want to do them, not because there's a need to do them. Um, in the end, it's it's about building passive income and being able to you know. Wanna, When I get up and being financially free, luckily uh, we're you know there now. But just you know, financial freedom and you know being able to do what I want when I want. Hey, you want to get on a plane and go somewhere? Let's go. Um, So five years from now, hopefully we're you know have a good cash flowing portfolio. And honestly, I talk about it all the time. I would love to maybe move on from my current job, but they still provide great benefits, Um, and I still love what I do. Um, But it's nice to know. In uh, a five or ten year goal, that hey, if the pension's not there, um, we can go about our business and know we have a retirement and secure a retirement for ourselves.
0: Yeah, so. are you? Do you feel like your retirement plan? Are you more of like I'm going to always work because I like grinding on a regular basis,
1: or it's like I'm out of here? Um, <laughs> it's more of
0: or, or a little bit of both.
1: It's it's probably a little bit of both. It's it's that. I really don't want to have to do anything, right? I would like that cash flow and be like, all right, we have that business or real estate portfolio or we cashed out and made an investment somewhere else that it's cash flowing for us. But in the same sense, real estate, I think, uh, attracts an addictive personality sometimes and I have that and I like to I just always have a feeling we'll be involved in real estate in some way, shape or form. I don't know that we can give it up, but maybe we'll be at a time and a place where we have given up, but I just—I always think that real estate's a uh, a business that you're able to do, and you know, if you have that knack for it, you're able to continue and recreate that model over and over again. And once it becomes easy and like the back of your hand, it's hard to walk away from, right? So,
0: yeah, I I agree. All, all, all good points. What what would you say? Um, what would you say is your number one trait?
1: <laughs> My number about, one trait about you. About me that, is the that, ability that. to talk. Um, no, um, for us, it's uh, I would say on the business side of things, it's the execution and construction. You know, that's our that's what we're good at. Number one trait is, uh, I guess, is the ability actually because uh, me and my partner are opposites. You know, so uh, for me to go out and speak to the investors or go out and put ourselves out there, that's I think that's what I bring. And you know, the vision side of things, and uh, we both you know have a common goal, but able to. Think about it because it is kind of abstract when you look at it, right? Like, how are you going to get to this end goal? When you once you break it down, it's easy. But you know, having that vision long term um, is what.
0: Yeah, and I mean, listen, as an outsider looking in, I think it's your happy-go-lucky sense of humor, personality, I, and I think that's an, I think that's important. I mean, I think someone sees you at a meetup group, they see you on a video, you got a smile on your face, you're tall, that obviously helps. But you have a smile, <laughs> you know, you, you you have a you have a smile on your face, and you're passionate about things and i think that goes a long way i think i think that you know if it's an investor that wants to lend lend money it's like hey like this person's here like they care they're they're passionate about the deal if it's an investor that maybe needs help so just curious what Well what that, you i mean that's that
1: Oh sorry i mean to cut no. you off but i mean that goes back to if you want to get into real estate like if you buy whether it's a rental property or a flip like you better love it see it feel it touch it like you got to go out that's what you're doing every day and especially if you own a rental, you're owning that thing long term. Like that's what it's what you want to do. You know what I mean? It's got to be. You got to have a passion for it because it can get. There's days that it's overwhelming. I mean, yesterday, oh, well, we've had no service calls for a while. Well, we jinxed ourselves. Three service calls, four service calls later, and it's it, it can get very stressful very quick. So
0: yeah, it, it, exactly. What? uh oh, I'm asked one more question. Uh <laughs> 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 well, one more question. What? What part do you think you're the best at inside your operation? Do you think, and how I many its going to be multiple choice. Do you think fi- finding deals, finding money, doing construction, um, or kind of just masterminding the transaction? Like
1: out, of, um,
0: out of the out of those four, because those are—they're all different and they're all hard.
1: Right. Um, what I'm supposed to do and what I'm the best at might be two different things. Um, I like. For, for our business, going out and finding the money, which is a very difficult task, it's a, it's a feat in itself. Um, it's more of a need and I'm good at it because you know you can break it down on paper and it's very easy to show somebody the investment model. Um, and I like that part and I feel bring value, I also like to bring, think, I think it's kind of a two is also to the vision of the company, right? You know, For both me and my partner, we both have to have that vision for our company. Um, and taking that long-term, you know, long-term steps to get there. Um, (laughs) Tricky question. You always come up with good questions. Uh, uh, So I would say it's probably more towards the money. Um, You know, the construction side of things, it's where we come from. It comes easy to us, but I'm not the right guy. And luckily, my partner is the right guy to say, this is the timeline. This is the budget. Here it is. This is how it's going to be. And he's also the one that's able to find a lot of the deals. You know, I do voice my opinion, but he's a lot better at finding the deals. He has the patience to go on MLS. He has the patience to deal with the sellers. I don't. That's kind of where I lack a little bit. Um, But so, uh, oddly enough, out of those four points, we're kind of like almost complete opposites on all four points, and that's what makes us a good team. That's what it's
0: supposed to be. I mean, we're not going to go into the conversation of partnerships. I mean, we've talked about that before offline, and partnerships are extremely difficult, and it's you know, I'm fortunate I have a good business partner, you're fortunate you have a good business partner because that's something that is kind of just lucky that yours occurred. Right. Did you go to high school with Dan? Or you just know him from... Or you went to high school with his... Yeah, friend. we
1: grew up We grew up together. I grew up with his wife. So Yeah, we, so
0: it's a similar situation. Chris and I grew up together as well. So we kind of were lucky that we gravitated together. You guys are lucky gravitated together. A lot of people don't have such luck. You know, we know so many partners that went bad. We've taken on additional partners with projects that are always a disaster. So, again, that's another topic that we can uh, talk about <laughs> is creating good partnerships because that's, yeah. that's challenging. But back to those, real quick, those three or four... Things we just talked about: finding deals, finding money, construction, and like mastering the transaction. You just need two of them, right? That anybody, anybody can, as long as you kind of have two of them, the rest of them work them work themselves out. I mean, we're pretty good at marketing, finding deals, and obviously the capital side, um, and and the structure side. We suck at construction, but we make it work because those other things filter in. And a lot of people that are good at construction and maybe have good deals, but they don't have the capital source. You know, they can you you can put the pegs and and mix them all together. It's just having a few of them. So it's good that you have kind of half and your partner has half and Dan right. has half. So cool. Well, obviously I appreciate it. What is the best way, appreciate you coming out um, and, and doing this video with me. What uh, What's the best way that everyone can get in touch with you?
1: Uh, the best bet is I am on social media, Ian Horowitz. You can find me there. Um, we have, a, I have a website from when I was doing some other things. You can check it out. It's charmcitycashcow.com. Um, you can check it out. It just kind of goes over some of the investments. So I was doing a lot of turnkey stuff. It's still there. Um, we're in a transition. We're building some new websites, so look forward to that. Um, sign up there, and we'll you know let you know when we re-release our new website. So.
0: Absolutely, yeah. If you're if you want to reach out to Ian, I certainly encourage it. Obviously, through our conversation, you could probably tell that I can vouch for Ian. We've done some stuff with them on a lot of different things in different ways on on money side, on leasing stuff, on rental stuff. So we we've, we've been involved and certainly can vouch. But I'm sure Ian's more than more than happy to help any real estate investor, especially if they're local in the Baltimore area that needs help with help with deals. I mean, this whole community that we've always built is great because. Let's say you're a newer investor. You have a deal under contract. You don't know what to do with it. Hey, ask somebody's advice. They, uh, they'll either buy it from you or say, hey, this property is way too high. Renegotiate, or they know someone they can, you know, they can sell it to. I mean, between our circles in general, we have access to pretty much everything. So if you need it, if you need anything, make sure to reach out to Ian. He's certainly a good resource, and like we discussed, he's open to kind of help help ever help everybody as well. So again, thanks again, Ian. I uh, certainly appreciate it.
1: Yep, not a problem. Thank Thank you for having me. Absolutely.